hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And this is an important passage as part of the scripture here. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. That's not just a comma, that's an accent that says, oh, by the way, that's pretty critical. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. How many of you know when the Holy Ghost is upon you, he reveals things to you? That he should not, set, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up, him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen, everybody say thy, thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, behold, this child is set, look at this, for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against, yeah, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul, so I'm talking to his mom, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one named Anna, a prophetess. For those of you that believe that women don't speak, just wanna throw that out there for a parentheses. She was a prophetess, which means she spoke on behalf of the Lord. The daughter of, <laughs> boy, I just hit a nerve right there, didn't I? <laughs> the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Luke Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and 40, or four years, 84 years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise to the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, this is a very critical part of the story, very critical part of the, of the, of the gospel of the, 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 the virgin birth and Jesus coming into the, the picture. Because you have to understand, these people, Simeon and Anna, for example, lived prior to Jesus coming. The disciples also did too, but they lived according to the law. They were the group of people, Simeon and Anna, that had heard the prophecies that one day the Messiah was coming. Now you have to, you have to get this, you have to understand this. This is very important. Because sometimes I think the church today's church, like Ronnie was even talking about, the modern church today, sometimes we are always so futuristic that we forget the now. And we skip 
a major piece of what really has happened over the last 2,000 years because we're so centered on the Bible being, you know, for 4,000 years, Jesus was coming, then he came, and somehow, for whatever reason, we have kind of stopped at Jesus coming, and I'm not sure we understand the fullness of what has really taken place. So you have to understand, for 4,000 years, the Israelites, the children of Israel, and the Gentiles, and everybody that lived in that day, there was absolutely zero hope for any way for sin to be reconciled or taken off of a person. So they were under the pressure and under the, the, the tyranny of government after government, uh, whether it be the Philistines, whether it be the, 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 uh, uh, the Egyptians, whether it be years and years being under the pressure because they always knew that there was more in them, there was more they were supposed to experience, but they had not been experiencing it. So for a season, depending on whoever their leader was, if David rose up, David became a great leader, and, but for David had to fight his whole life to get him in a place where they could have a little bit of success and a little bit of freedom. But even though under David, David was going, there's coming a day, there's coming a day, there's coming a day when we're gonna have this kind of pressure on us. There's coming a day that, that God himself is going to provide a sacrifice. So for, for 4,000 years, there was this constant up and down, up and down, roller coaster ride. Whoever was in power, depending on who our enemies were, if we were leading, we were leading. If we were behind, we were behind. And it was just this constant pressure. But when the prophets of old, about maybe a thousand years prior to Jesus coming, the prophets began to get real specific about what was gonna take place. There was gonna be a virgin birth. There was coming a baby. There was coming a man. There was coming a sacrifice. God himself was gonna provide a, a, a miracle and he was gonna take away the sins of all mankind. So it was gonna free all of the Israelites, the Jewish people that were under the pressure and the tyranny of this government of Rome. It was gonna, they were coming. Now, I, I, you gotta understand something. If you were David and you were able to prophesy it or you're Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and you're able to prophesy it or you're one of the minor prophets that were able to prophesy it but you died before it happened, you really didn't have to make a transition. There was no transition necessary for somebody that lived and died before it happened. But what about those people? What about those people that lived before he came but had to make a transition when he came? What do you do if you're unaware and then you become aware? when a historical event takes place in history that forever changes the course and direction of life, you have a choice to make. You either transition to the new reality of what just took place, or you revert back and you acknowledge it happened, but you never make the transition in your worldview of what's about to take, what's, what's taking place. Am I making sense? For example, let's say you lived about 10 years prior to Jesus getting born. You're 10 years older than Jesus and John the Baptist. 10 years older. You grow up, you're in fifth and sixth grade, right? You know there's a baby just got born. You hear the word talk. You read the Jerusalem Post. You catch the news. The world's, the world's traveling, and you're 10 years older, and you're a kid going, huh, 
man, here he is. He's, yeah, he's, he's supposed to be the baby born. I see all these wise men and shepherds and all that are bringing all these gifts to him. There's supposed to be a, a virgin, never had baby, but really I don't think it's really what took place. And you know, you're 10 years old. Your parents are talking because they're older and they're wondering how this is all taking place because something is, is, is taking place underneath their very nose that this woman is supposed to have been, not been, have been touched by a man is pregnant with the Messiah. You wouldn't believe it either. Or, or maybe you're more holier than I am. <laughs> but if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm adult and I got a 10-year-old son, my 10-year-old son comes home to tell me that did you hear about this woman named Mary that's pregnant with this child that's supposed to be the Messiah that for 4,000 years have been prophesied that's supposed to come and he's here now and he's, she's with Joseph and Joseph says he never touched her and they're not married. She, it's out of wedlock. And mom and dad and my 10-year-old son come and tell me that story. What are you gonna do at the dinner table? You're gonna push back the lamb because that's probably what you're eating if you're Jewish, right? You're pushing back the lamb. You're going, son, let me tell you a little bit. It don't work that way. That's not how this works. It's a time for the story of the birds and the bees with that boy, Right? Because you're gonna have to open up his understanding and tell him and get him to explain some things to him. Otherwise, he could believe a story that's not true. And the last thing you want is your kid to get a hold of some false that looks like truth, but it's false, and it takes them down a deceptive road, and they start following something that's crazy. You know what, you know I'm telling the truth. Now, unless, Unless I've heard the story, I've read the scripture, and I'm not surprised by the story. And then I'm wondering, the only thing that's going to hopefully remind me of that scripture is one passage of scripture that was in this one. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and the Holy Ghost revealed it to him. If you don't have the Holy Spirit speaking in your life, I hope you have really good common sense because you're gonna need it. Because when Jesus came in the form he came, he wrecked carnality, but he wrecked common sense. He wrecked science. And I, I believe in science. He wrecked it. So unless you have the Spirit of God, on your life during that time, you're trying to teach your 10-year-old boy that the baby that's born 10 years after you, that may not be true. I know they're making a big deal out of him over there in, in, in Bethlehem. I know they're making a big deal out of him, but we gotta stay focused. You need an education. You gotta stay focused on your grades. Don't get caught up in all that. You need, a, you need your education. You gotta stay focused on your, your path that you have for you, because one day he is gonna come. And the kid all along is going, but they're saying it's him now. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't line up to our natural understanding. It doesn't make sense to us. It's, it just doesn't, it just, it's not it. Right, so, so let's just wait and see. It'll prove out to be true, that's what we say. It'll prove out to be true. If it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's not. We'll know in time. Next thing you know, he's 12 years old. Your son's 22. 
He's in the temple telling stories, asking questions, challenging the, 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 the smart people, the scholars. Finally, he's growing up and he's growing up and he's now a man and he's 30. And your son's 40 and you're an older person. You see what's happening? All of a sudden you're still wondering, is that true, is that true, is that true? Well, they say it's true, I don't know if it's true. He's healing people now, my goodness, now he's 30, he's doing things that he shouldn't be doing because he, he gotta be, there's something. And, he, and for 30 years, you've been trying to figure out, is that story true because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind? For 30 years, unless you have the Holy Spirit on you, unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, it was two camps that were happening at the same time. Two good meaning camps. There was a camp, the baby's born. There's a camp here going, we're believing for the Messiah. We're believing for the one, the savior of the world. We're believing for the one, we're believing, we're believing, we're believing, we're believing. We're still gonna believe. I don't think that's him, we're gonna believe. We're gonna believe, we're gonna believe. We're gonna continue to do the law, we're gonna do the things we need to do. Over here was this other group of people that the Holy Spirit was on. One of those guys was named Simeon. Simeon was an older fella. Simeon was a faithful man, a good man, a godly man. Simeon, that word means to hear, to listen. I think it's ironic that Simeon's name means to listen, to hear. Because that wasn't the promise that he got. The promise from God came to him was this. You will not die until you see. but his name means hear. Sometimes you have to hear even when you don't see. Sometimes you've got to listen when you see no evidence of it. Sometimes you've got to have a knowing on the inside of you that this thing is supposed to be like it is. Even when nothing around you bears witness with anything other than what you have on the inside. Sometimes you've got to know that that kid is going to come back to the Lord. Even when no evidence around you says he's coming. You gotta listen even when you don't see. Simeon. You gotta hear. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is upon you. And he will reveal to you. He will reveal to you in your ear what you're going to see. question is for us, will we lose faith, lose heart, lose hope by the time we hear it until the time it comes to pass and we see it? This man was years and years and years. They bring the baby into the temple just like it's their, their place, the synagogue. They're bringing him in here to, to do the, the sacrifices for the law. Simeon looks down because he had already heard it's already been prophesied. He picks up the baby and he says, whoa. This child is for the fall and the rising again. The death and the resurrection again. That's going to be a light unto the Gentiles. A light of lights. He's gonna show them the way. What's the way? The way is 
everything you've been waiting on for 4,000 years has come to pass. It's exactly what Ronnie said today. It's exactly. It's not going to happen because it's already occurred. So if you're constantly looking for your faith to be futuristic, you're gonna miss what's very much underneath your nose. The question is, as Simeon had the Holy Ghost on him, the Holy Spirit was on him because it already had revealed it to him. What is it in your life that the Holy Spirit has already revealed to you? He's on you and revealed it to you that you have heard it in your heart's eye and your mind's eye and your mind's ear, but you have not seen it come to pass in reality. From the time it's revealed to you, from the time it has to occur, is not your responsibility. Nobody could have went, Simeon couldn't have went and said, hurry up, Mary. <laughs> hurry up, Joseph, I'm getting old. I'm getting tired, I'm weary. He was faithful in what he was supposed to be doing. Can you be faithful from the hearing to the seeing? I'm not talking about being frustrated, because I'm sure Simeon went and kicked a few oil cans over. I'm sure he went back to his closet and said, I know you revealed this to me, but God, am I ever gonna see it? And God had revealed him by, no, no, no man came in. No man came in and said, Simeon, you're not gonna die until you see the face of the Lord. Nobody said that to him. He had been revealed by the Spirit. There's some things that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. What are those things that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know? And if you've never received one of those things that you know, that you know, you know, today is your day. Because we cannot be a people like the Gentiles or the empty-hearted Jew back before Jesus came that never accepted him, looking for something that was so going to fulfill our life had already occurred and we're still looking for something else to happen. It can't be. You have to have a posture change. You have to have a switch in mindset. You have to have a sh shift in your realities. Your worldview has to change from he will that he did. How can that be when it hasn't come to pass? Because the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you because the timing is his. Here's why. Because when Simeon looked at him and picked him up and saw, he said, God, you told me I would never die until I see your, the salvation. Here's what he said. See, the, today I have seen thy salvation. Whose salvation is it? It's God's salvation. You get the benefit of the salvation as an heir, but it's his salvation. See, we take, we're trying to take possession of something that belongs to him. It is his responsibility. It is his, he sets the clock. He sets the alarm clock. He sets the time. He sets the space. He sets the distance. It's God's timing. Why? Because it's his salvation. Your job is not to quit from the time you heard it to the time you see it. Don't get disheartened, stay faithful. I told a guy not too long ago, he called me, he lives out in down Tennessee. He called me on the phone, he said, man, he goes, I'm losing everything I got. I said, I'm losing everything. He said, I already know the Lord told me that it's all gonna turn around. I know, it, I know he told me that, man, the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord told me. He said, I've had prophecy after prophecy and confirmation after confirmation. He said, but it's getting worse. He said, I don't know what to do. And I said, you know, the typical preacher story would say, pray, 
read, fast, do whatever you gotta do, hurry up and try to get God to move. But I've learned in my life, and I'm still trying to learn even more, that the salvation is his and the timing is his. You just need to act when he says go. You need to respond when he says respond. You need to recognize and discern when it happens, it's happening, not miss it, because sometimes we're looking for something that should have already happened because it really did already happen. We missed it. And how we missed it was because we're looking for some glorious, glamorous thunderbolt and lightning when it came as a still small voice. So the guy, he said, I don't know what I'm gonna do. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, I have been just, I just heard in my heart, my, the Lord just spoke to me and told me that somebody approached you within the last 30 days and they needed a vehicle. And you told them you were gonna pray. I feel this again. You were gonna pray for this vehicle, for this family. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could tell he's getting a little nervous. I said, you have one. Why didn't you give the vehicle? He immediately started crying, weeping. He said, I, I, I want him to, listen, I want him to have better than what I had. I didn't feel what I had was good enough to give them. I said, they don't have a car. Does yours run? Yes. How quickly can you transfer a title? Get it out of your hands. Get it out of your hands. And he just started crying. He said, I missed it, I missed it, I missed it. I said, listen, I'm not telling you that God is a bubblegum machine where you put a quarter in, you get a bubblegum out. He's not a Santa Claus where you sit on his lap, tell him a few good things he wants to hear, he'll give you a candy cane and the next great present. That's not how this works. It is sowing and reaping. It's generosity. It's hearing the spirit of God. It's making sure the spirit comes upon you and you hear, and when he hears you, you hear it, you do it. It is a walk of life. It's a relationship. It's a flow of the spirit. It's a, it's a step for step where you're going with him. You don't just stop and pause because you have a hard time. You keep moving. You keep going. Even if you feel like you're not going anywhere, you're still moving in the spirit. Even if nothing around you is changing, you're still moving in the spirit. I said, you're sitting on your seed. Because you haven't had a dime to give the church, you haven't had a dime to give people, but you're sitting, somebody, God sent you somebody. He sent you the earth for you to sow the seed in. You didn't even have to go looking for it. But you do have to recognize it. He said, what do I do? I said, if it were me, I'd hang up on me. And I'd go find his family as fast as I could to give that car away. He come back to me, he called me back. He said, they've already got a vehicle. I missed it. I said, no, the fact that you were willing to do it, God will honor. You brought yourself back in time with the spirit. Don't hold on, it's a walk. It's not a dollar, it's not a car, it has nothing to do with any of those things. It's a walk, it's a relationship. It's getting in time with him. It's a flow. It's when the spirit came on Simeon. Simeon knew when the moment happened, whoa, this is, the, this is his salvation. I'm gonna see it before I die. Now let your, 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 heart, your, your, your servant depart in peace. Simeon was ready to go ahead and die. He lived a long life. And once he saw the salvation of the Lord, he said, I see the face, not the, not the tail end. He saw the face 
He saw the light of the baby child that had not yet even been grown up and born and died and resurrected. He was happy with seeing the salvation of the Lord. Because when you see the salvation of the Lord, you see it all. Everything changes. Simeon, hearing, listening. A little later, there was a lady named Anna. She's well up in age. Hadn't been married very long. Anna worked in the temple every day. Prayed, fasting. What was she praying and fasting for? That the Messiah would come. Do you know we still have people? I've been there. I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to Israel. I've stood at the wailing wall and I've watched people pray and I'm praying and I'm sticking my little prayer request inside the wall. Thank God for that sacred place. I'm thankful for that. But I'm standing next to somebody that's praying for the Messiah to come and I'm sticking my prayer request inside the creeks of, or the crevices of that wall and I know he's praying for it to come and I'm praying for God to do something and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, God, he's praying for you to come. I know you already came. What is wrong with this picture? And the Lord spoke back to me and says, because you still pray at the welling wall too. Hmm. I said, you get behind me, Satan. You don't, you don't belong at the welling wall. This is a sacred place. It's holy ground. Kick my shoes off. That was awakening. That was a moment. Because you're thinking to yourself, God, what... What, what is the difference in the pocket? And here's what the Lord spoke to me and told me. He said, here's the difference. What they believe and what you believe is for the same one to come. But they believe they're so blessed because they have a covenant with Abraham. If you would believe your covenant with God as much as they believe their covenant with Abraham, I might be able to walk in that covenant too. Jewish people believe in their covenant. They expect to be blessed. And you tell me the one that you know is not. And we have that same covenant through Christ because he is the seed of Abraham. We have that same covenant and the church does not believe that covenant as much as the Jewish people believe in their own covenant. I'm telling you the truth. I might have to take an intermission and get a drink of water here. That kind of went deep. So the question is, here comes Anna. Anna comes into the picture. She's working hard, fasting, praying for him to come. Right? All of a sudden, he comes. He appears. Simeon sees his face. The word Anna means grace. So you have listening and hearing Simeon and grace in Anna, so you have hearing grace. Hearing grace coming to the picture. Entered the temple, and when the temple entered, it was a baby that has not even learned to crawl or walk. But when they saw he was the one that we've been praying for for 4,000 years, their confidence wasn't in the Roman government. Their confidence wasn't even in anything around them. Their confidence was in him. He was a living being. 
Do you have confidence in Christ himself as a living being? Or is your confidence in the concept of Christ and the religious experience of the theology of Jesus? They saw him and believed. They picked him up and saw him and believed. They touched him and said, this is him. He's the one. He's the Messiah. Is he more real to you than a baby? Or is he still a concept? That he's way out there somewhere going, oh God, I hope you hear me. I'm throwing darts just hoping I get close to you. Or is he that real to you? He's got to become so real that when you see him or when you don't see him, you know by the Holy Spirit, it's him. See, the church since that time, even Joseph and Mary were blown away. It says they were marveled. They couldn't even believe what they were hearing. Now, they, this is the same group of two people here that had angels come and speak to them. Why would you be marveled at an old man in a temple saying, he's set for the, the fall and the rising again, and this, I see the salvation of the Lord. Why would you marvel when you had a dream? An angel of the Lord came to her, Gabriel, and says, you're gonna be with child. And he's gonna be, his name is gonna be Jesus. He's gonna take the, all the sins of mankind away. He's gonna be a light unto the Gentile. He's, he, you're, gonna, you're the one, Mary, we've chosen. Your, your name is so fa highly favored among women, Mary. She had an encounter with a supernatural. And when she, had an, when she had an encounter with a natural man talking about supernatural things, she's flustered. The church is looking for some supernatural thing to take place when the supernatural is taking place in our lives this way? Why are we flustered when it's natural instead of trying to wait for something to come to play? We are the church. We are the body. We are the people. You are Simeon. You are Anna. You are Peter. You are James. You are John. You're Ronnie. You're Stephanie. You're uh, Sean. You're David. You're Diana. You're all these, you're, you, are, you are the one. There is no other that we're gonna look for. And if you are thinking that some lightning bolt from heaven is going to come and change everything, I want you to know, if he came through a woman and a person 2,000 years ago, he's gonna come through a person in your life today. He's gonna manifest in a practical way. We're praying to God like Anna and Simeon were way over here. The only difference was when he did appear, in the natural, even though he was from the supernatural, they recognized it. The church has got to become a discerning, spiritual group of people that understands when the Spirit of God is speaking, talking, and moving. And we cannot be looking for the world to give our answers when he's coming through people. He came to us 2,000 years ago. He's going to come through us in these times before he ever comes for us. We want to go from two to four. But that's not the example in the model that he said. He came through Mary to the people. He'll come through you. He was trying to come through that man in Tennessee to get that family a car. But he decided to go pray that somebody, or somehow God would drop a car in their lap when he was the dropper of the car in their lap. 
I feel this. Because you've got to understand, there was a change of course of history that was taking place. For 4,000 years, they had lived that he was coming. And there had to be an adjustment that now he came. So it went from faith will be to now faith is. And what do you do? Seriously, what do you do? When you hear it, and the Lord confirms it in your heart by the Holy Spirit, but you haven't seen the face of it. The first thing you do is you've got to recognize it's his salvation. Amen. You just get the beneficiary of it. Second thing you have to do is you can't quit in the middle of your doing well. If anybody could have quit, it would have been Simeon and Anna. Prayed and fasted. Do, let me ask you something. Do you think for a minute after she saw him and Simeon prophesied and Anna saw him, do you think for a minute she went out and got her a, probably some lamb chop? Do you think she still fasted? Till she got confirmation or was that enough confirmation? You think she continued to pray? How did her prayers change? How did Simeon's prayer change? Because he prayed every day that he would come, he would come. You think he went back after he said, I saw the salvation of the Lord, thank God. And th th here, here you go. And he goes back to his prayer and said, God, send him, I wanna see the salvation. What, what had to change in his prayer? What has to change in your prayer life? From will you God, can you God, will you God, can you God, I need you to God. Because you know what, after a while that gets tiring. I wear out doing that. I say, God, I'm gonna let me just put it on recorder and just replay it back. God, here we are again. Boom. You know the drill. You get tired. You get weary. And you think the first, and then what you do is you think, first thing you do, you know you're human. The first thing you do is you start peeling stuff off of you. God, I should have never said what I was thinking. Now that we got that out of the way, God, I want you to hear me today. I know that was a bad thought I had, and I, I, I still don't like him, but I want to repent of that. All right, God, I should have shut off with the mouth. And I know I should have. And, I, and you're start, you start peeling off your flesh. And anytime you start mixing your flesh with his salvation, it becomes more about your flesh than his salvation. Amen. So you, all you do is you, when you go to him, your prayers have to change when you know that you know that you know. And what do they change to? God, I'm tired of asking, but I'm gonna ask again just to remind you in case you didn't know. Right? No, Simeon said this, now that I have seen it, I'm ready to depart. I'm, I'm ready for the next chapter of my life when it comes to pass. And here's what happens. Many of us, me included, we have so many multiple prayer requests that we're praying for God to answer. The three that are the most pressing, he don't answer, but the two that he does answer, we get past those real quick because the three that he hasn't answered are so pressing, we don't even have time to thank him for the two that he did. Amen. Your kids aren't on drugs. That's a pretty good thank you, Amen. right? You're still living and breathing, right? You came out of the deathbed and you still made it and some people didn't during this season and here you did. So you know what? That's pretty that's something to be thankful about, right? But see, we're so caught up in what we don't see happening that we forget what we do see and we move on to the next thing. We check it off our list and say, God, I'm still focused on these bad things here. 
If you focus only on the bad, only on things that are unanswered, if that's all you're focused on, you're going to miss the walk of God in your life. He will change your situation. Now, I find it interesting that Simeon's name means to hear, but God gave him a promise to see. And Anna's name means grace, and Anna was working in the, in the temple all those years. And she was working and working and fasting and praying, and all of a sudden the prayer, the grace of God came right to her. If you get to the place in your life, in your walk, that you're believing God, that you believe that anything is impossible, that can become a possibility with him, if you get to the point when you start really believing and expecting supernatural things to happen in a natural realm, and it becomes your everyday walk of life, some of you have so much big things over top of your head, it's so huge, I've got them too. And my tendency sometimes is to see those things and go, oh God, and they're so big that you have to look at God and say, God, here's how I recommend that you would do this. <laughs> because it just makes sense to me. But what are you gonna do when you get a supernatural situation happen that materializes naturally that's way beyond your ability to even understand? Every time God answers a prayer for you, you should be ready to say, I depart from that and I'm moving to this. Amen. God, test your body. I depart to this. Yeah. Your, 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 children, your, your marriage starts turning around. I depart to this. Why? It's a walk. It's a flow that the spirit of God is on you. But if you don't understand that there's some things that are just so heavy on me, I can't hardly do all that because some things he's just not answering. I just haven't seen happen. And I know, I see it too. But there are things, I promise you, because he's bound by his word, he is answering things you're not even aware of. The Lord told me this past week to go get your prayers off the shelf. The ones that you have prayed years past, that you quit praying because you've been so consumed with the things that are fa you're facing today that you forgot about those things way back then. He said, I've never forgotten those. Amen. He said, because if you don't get them off the shelf, you'll not know when I'm answering them because some of those things that were on your shelf, I've already answered. Some of you were praying for things years ago and you had forgotten about it because you just got used to living with it and the Lord changed it and you've forgotten about it and you've, you've adjusted to the change but we're so focused on the things that are not working, the things that are so overwhelming, the things that are so frustrating and humiliating and we're so focused on those that we here we are and you're going, God said, can I do anything for you? Here's what he'll say. You ever gonna be happy? I answer nine out of 10 and I'm still a loser. I brought him into your life and it ain't working the way you think it was and I'm the problem. You don't think that if I didn't have the skill to bring him in, the power to bring him in, I can also change him? But I need you to change in case he does change so you'll be ready for the change because you'll be over here still praying for him to change. He's already changed, living life, and you won't even know he's changed. 
you'll still be walking with a limp and your ankle don't hurt anymore. I took him out of your life and you're already free. I took all that bondage and stuff out of your life and you're already free, but you won't live free. You still, you've got imaginary chains in, your, chains in your life and they're gone and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. Oh, but we're coming out. Oh God, I can feel it in the spirit. I'm telling you, there is a dose of discernment that's coming on the church. And I don't mean, we think it's just discernment for, to, 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 to recognize the evil spirits. I'm talking about discerning what's good and evil. To know what's right and to what's wrong. We use discernment all the time. I, I, sense, the, I, sense, the, I sense the devil. Why don't you sense the Holy Spirit? Amen. <laughs> I sense somebody in here has, I, I sense somebody in here has, they're battling a, a, an ailment in their body. Why don't you sense somebody in here that's healthy? Amen. Come on. I sense two-thirds of this congregation is healthy. Well, would that, would, well how about give a little power to the health Amen. instead of the voice to the broken? Right. I don't think Simeon picked up the child and went, oh, God, I knew he had blue eyes. <laughs> Hang on, hold him for a minute. Let me go back to the scripture. What's it say about, Anna, hurry up, get off, quit fasting, you're getting weak. If you'd have ate today, you'd have known him. I, it's gonna take two of us here. You know what I'm talking about? That's what the church does. We're over here playing this whole craziness. Three songs, offering, a sermon. They don't even do altar calls sometimes. What in the world? I'm talking about a body of believers that is a walking altar call. A walking worship, a walking sermon a talking sermon, an active people that are moving and going places we never even thought. You're walking by people every day. And what the church does, this gets on my nerves sometimes, because we go to McDonald's, we wanna pay it forward and go, I just paid it forward and I'm so blessed to pay that forward. Pay it forward, but do something to somebody and heal somebody. Do something that's outside the normal that's just gonna be on your convenient way. I'm all for paying it forward. Do good things like that. Bless people, those are wonderful things. But listen to me. It's gonna take you to get outside of that comfort area to start believing for some stuff that's outside of what you see, even though you know you have heard. I had a lady Timmy come to me one time, she said, I'm done with men, she went through a divorce. I'm finished with men. I am done. I, I'm, I will never, get married again. And I was just sitting there thinking to myself the whole time she's saying it. Oh God, she's going to be married soon. <laughs> I just knew it. So I looked at her for a minute and I went, don't say that. She said, no, you don't understand. He hurt me so bad that I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. I'm closed off. Never happened again. I said, no, you don't understand. You're going... You'll be married again. You will be married again. She said, who told you that? <laughs> and I always, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good trump card play. God, God just told me you're gonna be married again. Well, why don't you tell God that I'm closed off? <laughs> a conversation. I said, why don't you tell God? I said, God, she's closed off. Well, he said she's still gonna be married again. 
She said, I'm done with men. Tell him I'm done with men. She's done with men, God. He says, you're still gonna be married again. He's telling you. And let me, this is the truth if I've ever told it. This is about 10 years ago, and she's going, well, tell him that if he hadn't let him be that way to me, I, I said, she said, if you had not let him be that way to her, he said, he said, you're gonna be married again. I said, I got an idea. God, and I almost said her name, God, so-and-so, so-and-so, God, you don't need to talk. I don't mind being your interpreter, but go ahead and talk, you're gonna talk, you're gonna be married again. She says, but, but, but I'm so closed off. I said, no, you're not. You just want it different. Yeah, I just want it, I want, I want it different. See, you're not closed off. See, she's not closed off, God, you're right. God said he would know he's right. <laughs> So we went through this, it, was, it became funny. She kind of loosened up a little bit and I said, so you're not gonna spend the rest of your life alone. She said, but I wanna spend the rest of my life alone. I said, no, you don't. God, I spoke on your behalf that time. I said, I said, I, said, I answered before he, I asked him. And I said, no, you don't. So I said, God, I, I did that on your behalf. He, she said, I just don't wanna be hurt, hurt again. Amen. I said, can you trust him that you won't be hurt? I don't know that I can trust him again. I said, how about this? How about I trust him that you can't be hurt? I'll stand in the gap for you. She said, would you do that? I said, yeah, if I can talk for you. Look what's happening here. Sure, I'm in the gap already. Six months. A guy comes into her life she wasn't looking for. Six months. Six months. It was the ex-husband. The ex-husband. That's not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I did not have a scripture reference to go teach her this. She comes to me and she says, he wants to have dinner. My heart said, hey, I would not, <laughs> I would not have dinner. I'm, I'm closed off too now. I mean, we better, have, we better, we better go ask God. <laughs> but something inside of me said, this is it. So they had dinner and... <laughs> We cry because it's probably been eight or 10 years now. But they, re they remarried, had a baby since then, a baby. And he was, he was abusive, he was mean, and she was closed. But he had a, a complete transformation that took place. Six months later, married, baby, life, moved away. All because what she heard she hadn't seen yet. And the grace of God brought the man right to her. You can trust him. He's already came. You can trust him. So my question to you this morning is what have you heard that you haven't seen? And once you see it, Will you recognize it and adjust your life to it? So I'm going to pray for you this morning, if you'll stand to your feet. I'm gonna pray for a Simeon and Anna type of discernment that falls on you by the Spirit of God. And a discernment that will be at peace and rest, not for frustration and anger. Are you ready to receive it? If you want that kind of discernment this morning, I just want you to raise your hands. One hand, two hands, doesn't matter. Just raise your hands and I'm gonna pray that impartation on you. 
Father, in Jesus' name, as sure as Simeon heard, saw, felt, experienced the salvation of our God, his whole world began to change, and at that point, he was complete. But he had been praying, seeking, looking, searching, anticipating, waiting. For that moment, his whole life. And in an instant, it all changed. And God, when you came 2,000 years ago in the form of Christ as a baby, every, everything changed. The way things were had to be adjusted to. The way life was experienced was changed forever and had to be a, a, a new lens to look through, a new worldview to see from. And Lord, your church today, many of us, God, we vacillate from the old to the new. We vacillate from the old way of seeing things to the new way. We, we vacillate from our flesh to our spirit and we're constantly going back and forth because Lord, we, there's so many things we've experienced that we just don't have answers for. We've had so many disappointments and setbacks and hurts and pains and God, it has skewed our worldview and our, 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 our lens that we see through and we're afraid sometimes to fully trust because we don't know what trust looks like sometimes. God, we're trying to raise children and raise families the best that we know how and, and, and we see you have great qualities in the children and we look at them and we thank God for what you're doing and we see all that, but Lord, we, we don't even know how to give them spiritual anticipation and, and discerning things and we don't even know how to really give them that we just try to get them a bunch of knowledge so they become more astute in the scripture. But God, there's a spiritual component to this whole thing that, that Simeon and Anna experienced that we have not yet fully understood. The Holy Spirit moved on Simeon rested upon him and it revealed it to him. I, in the name of Jesus the Christ, the baby that was born in Bethlehem from a virgin named Mary, espoused by Joseph but came by the Father of the Holy Spirit in heaven, that came to this earth to change the way the world functions. By that name, I impart and release by the power of your spirit a discernment into your people that their eyes will be open, their ears will be open to hear, their anticipation in spiritual things will be so awakened that they'll be able to, just to taste it, they can feel it. That your people look and see and feel and move and flow with you as they're walking with you every day of their life. This isn't a step for step, this is just a constant flow a constant flow. So Father, in Jesus' name, release your discernment, release your power of your spirit, release your hearing and release your grace on your people, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you all Wednesday night.